Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yesterday, we gave you part one of our conversation with Mike Cummings, offensive line coach at the University, offensive line coach at Central Michigan. And today, we give you part two. Some outstanding things here as he gets into some of the specifics on the technical side of developing the offensive line. Well, I I truly believe the the constant feedback and evaluation, um, it does help with those things and uh, a thing that really keeps standing out is is your you talk a lot about the basics and in developing these individuals and not taking any part of it for granted and you know I, I mentioned this to you before we got going when I went back to and went from being a head high school coach then to being a position coach at the college level and, and getting really to just focus on uh, the position really then put an eye more on the basics of everything that was happening, right? And you mentioned little things like how the guy holds the bag. And I know that's something our offensive line probably coached up sometimes more than what he was doing with, you know, with some of the guys who were starters because it was so important to the process. But um, really right. getting into the the being a tradesman, right? Um, today we live in a uh, an explosive offense world where – you know, in some places trying to run a million miles an hour. I know when we kind of made that transition with tempo, our, our offensive line coach would get a little bit frustrated in that, you know, he really wanted to dig into uh, making sure that everything was sound up front. And so we found ways to do that. But, um, you know, you've, you've mentioned that time and time again, how important the basics are. Talk to us a little bit about the way you view that and how that comes into play in, in, you know, day-to-day practice, meetings, et cetera? Well, you know, the, the, the basics, the basics are where everything starts. And I'm, you know, we're involved in an offense that's at the line. I, I coached in the air raid. So I, you know, I, I feel all those things about, um, you know, how do we get it done exactly right? I think you, you find the common um, drills, the common themes across any type of blocking and you stress those and break those down and get to those drills immediately 
as you begin your practice. There are everyday drills where you, you know, that th- they're the, the building blocks of blocking. I'll say it. Okay. So it's the building blocks of blocking. What exactly are they? And, um, you know, you have to, I, when I coached at VMI, there's a very limited amount of time. And so I, I did learn a pretty good lesson there that, man, you better get to what you're going to really need here. Cause we're, we, these, these players had to go back and, you know, they had military uh, responsibilities and so forth. So the time was real short and, uh, it takes some time, I think as a coach, but you need to dig into what you know and know that, you know, if, if you can't explain it simply, and make it real simple for them with what you say, you don't really know it as well. You don't know it. And you need to dig down into your, what you know, and basically boil it down to the common denominators of what we need to block okay, or how we need to block. Um, and, you know, there's, there's drills that you do, but they're not always the specific action you're going to use. So, for example, let's talk about blocking. You can't just put somebody in the shoot and tell them to block the shield and call that a drill. I mean, what, what part are you emphasizing? I think that's, that's where, the, where the basics come in. What are you emphasizing? So you emphasize, you know, eye progression, hand placement, footwork, stance, all those things, right? But those drills you do have to go ahead and work into, um, you know, that particular part of it. You know, put your players in the position that they're going to have to execute Right. So you go into maybe a fast paced offense or even, you know, you can huddle. It doesn't matter. But, you know, you have to have those things ingrained you that you do every day and they build upon whatever the scheme is from there. Okay, So I think when you when you as a coach, you you have to look at what you do and inspect yourself. Because you know what the basics are. Um, And so for us, the basics obviously starts with stance. Um, We talk about the basics of a of zone blocking, of gap blocking, and pin and pull or man blocking, right? And we hit those where, where they fit because if you really look at what you do, there's going to be common denominators and footwork involved in different schemes, but you've got to be able to say that a wedge step is a wedge step so that you can go ahead and communicate that quickly so that you know it, you, you can correct the player on the field quickly and they understand what those things are. Code words, coaching points, make them short so that they know what they are. You know, there's a lead blocker, there's a trail blocker on zone, there's a post and a drive on a gap scheme. So they understand what those principles are. So that when we drill those things, we can get right to them. And, you know, the other part is naming drills. I might be getting off topic on this no, one, coach, but I mean, if, if, if you don't name your drill, it takes too long to set it up. I mean, you have to be able to walk out. If I said to my guys, all right, guys, we're going to work planking. They know exactly what it is. If we're going to work hips, if we're working hang, they know what it is. They can line themselves up. That not only gets the drill set up, but then they learn what are we trying to do. And as you go through the basics, the same coaching points come up. So you can't, you can't change everything because it's a zone. I, I mean, I get it. There's, there are nuances, right? But you have to be able to line those drills up, have those coaching points so those guys know, okay, I, this is similar. It's a little different, but it's similar. It's the same as but. So they have a, they're also building that knowledge level of exactly what does this mean. So you're not inventing a step. 
every time you put in a different block. I mean, I know there's adjustments. I mean, you you know, sometimes you're working a two-man zone. Sometimes it's three-man. Sometimes you're pulling the whole line. You know, those are – but those are – that's really like the 2% of what you do. The 98% has to be the basics um, that you work with. And, you know, the, other, the one part that you, you – a lot of guys don't do a whole lot is, is stance, but that's definitely going to be – you know, there's the basics of it, but then that's all kind of – has to be individualized, right? There's different levels of, of stiffness and, and agility and, and strength and so forth that need to be accommodated to allow those players to get their job done. So what is the end? What do we need to do here? I mean, that's the other basic. What do we need to do? I need to move the three technique. Where? You can take them where you want it to go. Okay, coach, I'll put my head in the middle, right? Yep, that's base block. Take them where they want to go. Or it's a reach block. What's your target? Play side number, right? So that when you when you put those all together, those are the basics, and they can tell you that so that it becomes when we do the drills, they they can execute it, and that drill is part of the scheme or part of the uh, you know whatever that happens to be in the game, and you know that's run and pass. I heard a great one. Um, a friend of mine uh, asked me, he said, if you had two drills you could do, only two, for all the things you do, what would it, what would they be? And that is a stumper. If you had only two, because you got run, you got pass, you got outside zone, you got all this stuff going, what would those drills do? So you'd have to go ahead and break it down. I actually could only come down to three, to be honest with you. But anyway, I think it's a good question that everybody can ask themselves in terms of how to get to the basics and the, and, and the fundamentals. And then those that have pride, you know, going right back to it, having pride in doing the basics well. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think a lot of those, those basics and those drills – I mean, number one, if <clears throat> I think uh, I always I got to the point where I like to teach drills, and this was at the the high school level before I, I went to the college. We like to teach the drills, install the drills in meetings. I think everything you said about them having yeah. having names for them, et cetera. But what we really found, and what led me to this, was that uh, on any given scheme play that you have, there's only going to be a small set of things that can happen. And so you coach your drills to those things that can happen. And and really a lot of it then just becomes recognition and decision-making of this is what's happening on this drill. And what, what brought me to this is, you know, is learning the zone running game uh, from, from a coach who was a, he was a big 10 coordinator and then coaching high school ball in the area. And so my question to him in this, you know, we were having a, a clinic, you know, with their staff was coach, you know, how do you coach the running back? He said, well, if he can't do it, then we go to the next one. And he's at a school as much bigger than mine. Uh, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't work. We got one guy. <laughs> so it really became, as as we looked, as we were installing, we looked at their film, you know, initially. And then, you know, after the first season, looked at our film and refined a little bit. But realizing like, okay, on our stretch play, there's going to be three things that, affect this guy's read and so we're going to coach each one of those individually first and then he has to make those decisions when they happen on the fly and creating the drills that that put that together that way so you know the I I think we do too much in looking for drills I see it all the time guys asking for drills looking for drills all over YouTube looking for drills that there's a context for your football play all right that matters Right. Sometimes it even matters as you get into situations too. Right. But, 
but football is right. always done within context. So to say that you're going to use some isolated drill and this handles everything, I think is an oversimplification of it. I think you have to have those, of course. And if you can mm -hmm. go through and identify, here's my three, then you're really clear on this is what really develops my guys. But I think, you know, as I look down some coaches drill list, I'm like, oh my God, when do you work all that stuff? No, you can't. But you're right. I like I like the way you you put that. It's in context, and and that that definitely is true. I you know the other thing that you mentioned was really post snap decisions. Yes. Um, and I think that's a big deal. Um, you know, that's a big coaching point on screens, right? Your decision on the screen is what makes it go or not go, right? Um, you know, but really, if you're if you're devising drills and so forth, you really need to put them in the position of what the decision was. So you said there's really three things, right, can happen on his own play. The, the down lineman go out, go in, or stay in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that post and that decision, what does it tell you to do? Well, you've got to put them in the, in the position of what that decision might be. So decision A, B, and C, you need to really put them in there so that they've executed what that – when they make that decision, they've done it before. And that's a good point you make. I, I think post and that decision is a big deal. And that's got to be all positions, right? Yeah, for sure. It, it it applies across the board. When you look at anything you do, run game, pass game, uh, whoever it is on the field. And I've always felt my approach early on, I'm going to break apart the decisions into separate things. So initially when you're teaching it, there there is no decision. We're just working this one thing. And uh, this maybe exists for a week or two during camp, depending what level you're at. I think high school, it takes a little bit longer. College guys, can, can you can get a little bit more rapid fire with that. Um, but eventually, you want to get to that point where your, your drills are involving uh, those decisions uh, because that's what happens in the game. It's not as easy as, okay, I'm going to, you know, this, this is what's happening. I know what's happening. I'm going to work that. And you go back to those to refine. Hey, we need to work this a little bit today, but then boom, I think, it's always when you can get to those drills that kind of involve the whole progression in which the player has to apply the right decision on the footwork or the hand placement or whatever it might be. Those are probably, as, as you say, okay, here's the three I got to have. You get to that point. But still, if, you know, if I, I don't know, I think it's a great exercise, but, you know, you never have to do that. But at some point, you just have to start with the very basic fundamentals as you roll your guys into being able to be great decision makers, use their eyes, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, Coach, looking at uh, one aspect of this, and in, in for the offensive line, um, we always try to come up with some great pass blocking schemes that handle all kinds of pressures and loops and stunts and blitzes, et cetera. But ultimately, it's going to boil down to your one-on-ones. Right, very important that uh, you have guys able to do that. Obviously, within the context of all the different schemes that you might use, still going to boil down to a one-on-one -on -one as far as their pass sets and being able to get um, in the relationship they need to that defender to block him. So, coach us through uh, some of the basics of of the things you feel are most important to uh, creating those opportunities for your players where they can win their one-on-ones. Well, I think we start 
at the contact point and I'm not saying that's where necessarily you would, you would teach it, but it has to, the, the final is you need to be balanced at the point of contact. And I think that's where most of the mistakes are made. And we're talking one-on-ones where I'm not balanced in my stance, right? So I'm, or not ba- I'm not balanced in my set. So if you're in your stance, you bring it back to that stance has to be balanced for an initial set. And then your footwork has to bring you to a point where you're going to be balanced. Your body is balanced at the point of contact with the defender. Now, who creates the contact is the next part of it. And then we kind of back up. So, I mean, you can, you can create the contact yourself. You can let the defender create the contact, right? There's going to be contact points in any type of pass set. So, and what I'm talking about that is I'm saying if you're a, a center or guard, your your neutral zone, the distance is closer to the defender. So that, that contact point takes place sooner than maybe at a tackle where, you know, at that tackle point, you've got to learn, okay, well, do I want to create the contact here? Do I want to wait for him? What does it look like, et cetera? So knowing that we want to be in that position, okay, we will initially work that as a position where we're balanced and we just work on what we call a stab or a punch in pass protection. All right. And then we go back, we back it up and get in the stance and how do we get out of the stance? Because it's all going to be a, the ability to recognize where that defender is on your body. And I do believe you give them like really two and in the inside players, two spots they are on your body. They're off your body. And that could be head up shade or off your body being outside. Right. Or perhaps a guard working down to a nose that's on a center. Right. And uh, so we need to know where they are. And then what's the footwork to get there and how do we get balanced in our footwork to get there? So it works through weight transfer. Right. If I'm going to step my right foot, obviously the weight's on my left, but it has to be in a balanced position. And there has to be we teach steps and not kicks, because I think if you say kick slide, that's really two steps right there. And if you said give him two, two kicks, I mean, he's got four steps. He could overset the defender. Mm-hmm. So we train the eye progression there for their eyes. But, you know, we'll tell, we'll tell a guard and a center to start, listen, you're on either a one-step uh, or a three-step set. That's it, right? Well, what do I do? It's two steps to get over there. Okay, it's one step to get over there. Okay, for the tackles, it's a little bit wider. We give them a starting point where they might take two, two to four, four to six, depending on the width of the defender. But the balance then takes them to be able to get to that point. Now, I I also think in pass protection, particularly on the inside, you want to create the contact point as soon as you can, because, you know, we talk about the movement and so forth. Well, when you've got your hands on the defender, that's kind of, well, coach didn't talk about that, right? If you're a defensive line coach, you generally teach them, okay, when they put their hands up and they turn their shoulders, slap them down and run by. But what do you teach them if they get their hands on you right now? So that creates another aspect for it. And we do that. The inside guys, obviously it happens sooner, but with our tackles, we'd like to do that as well, where we set in a position where we try and take away the space or take up the slack from, from where that defender is to get our hands on them now. And, and avoid some of that uh, speed to power stuff and the movement. Now, I, I believe that your inside foot should always be inside the defender's foot, inside foot, and your stagger foot or your outside foot should be in the middle of the man. And your inside hand is generally on that play side number or the armpit. 
and your outside hand is somewhere on that number. And so then I realized, okay, I've, I've gone from, I know what balance at the point of contact is, right? I know where to train my eyes, where the defender is. I know if he's on or off my body. I begin my step footwork like that and try and get connected and stab him and get him off my body as soon as I can. Now, once I get all that done, now I just work for, I mean, where's the quarterback? I guess that's the other part. I mean, I'm talking just straight drop back protection. You know, quarterback's usually about eight and a half yards. So um, I try and make the simple for him. I say, well, look, if you can get him to nine yards, it really doesn't matter where he is, right? And uh, then build from there. Because I think what happens is that you're going to find in pass protection, you, it's usually um, the, the least exact of any of your blocks. I mean, it gets a little muddy sometimes, but if you get the, you know, if your hands in the inside hands in the armpit, outside hands on the number, um, you're going to be able to really dictate the rush of the defender, right? I, I want him to go outside. He, don't go inside. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes back to those fundamentals. What do we need to do with this defender as he rushes up here? Well, don't let him go to the quarterback. There's a good one. All right. Well, if we don't let him go to the quarterback, he's going to keep running up the field. Where do we want him to run up the field? Outside. And start with those principles, but I think we we missed the point of, uh, or maybe I did earlier. But what what does it look like to to pass block? It's not really a passive, um, it's not a passive thing to do. I mean, I've never seen a block where you didn't, you know, there was some where it was not some type of force affected against the down lineman or the linebacker. There has to be. So how do mm-hmm. I get there? I've got to get myself to a position where I'm bounced. So now I can use my upper body and then move my feet. So I don't want that to sound like it's, it's more than it is, but really it's a matter of getting your, your outside foot in, in the defender's crotch, your inside foot inside is uh, his inside foot. Okay, one hand on the armpit, one on the uh, play side number, the outside number of the defender and get connected as soon as possible. But the most difficult one is when you teach this is that, you know, uh, how do I do that? You know, that's, that's the one where we get the high school players and they really, you know, honestly, there's teams that throw the ball in high school, but a lot of the real successful teams just run the ball all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's great. So you've got to teach a little bit of that. So that's going to be your, your learning curve on that one is more than it would be. I think when you teach pass protection, you know, you really, there's a little bit of forgiveness there where the, because if you're particularly if you're playing tackle against some of these ends, you're 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 just getting them by the quarterback, and it's not exactly what you wanted, but you got to let them know you got your job done. Okay, there is a I got my job done. Here's how we can make the job better. This will help us later on, you know. And then you get into the twist games and so forth. But those those principles of being able to be balanced at the point of contact and try and create the contact, which we would like to do more. And I know there's different philosophies on that where people just straight vertical set off the ball and you know, that has its merits, just really not in our system. It doesn't. Um, so I hope I hit a little bit of that one. That's a lot of, a lot of information again for a, a really good question. No, that was, that was great coach. Um, when looking at, uh, everything you do, you've, you've mentioned some great things here from the stuff you're doing on the technical side, all the way to how you're developing each of these, these players individually on and off the field. But, you look at all you do as the coach, what would be the one thing you really point to that gives your players the winning edge? I would say that the development of a unit. 
that would be the number one thing because if we can develop them as unit, we've developed uh, a level of depth. And that that goes back to what I first talked about, you know, the, the pride in the unit and, and so forth. I think that's a um, that, that's a big deal, you know, that we go into it bringing everybody in the unit. And look, we get transfers now too, right? I mean, you got the one-time transfers and grad transfers. I mean, being able to bring them all together right away. And I take a lot of pride in that and finding a way to do that. Coach, we are getting back into a recruiting period coming out of this uh, never-ending dead period we've had here. Uh, so for our, our <laughs> coaches out there listening uh, who might have some players, what areas do you recruit? Individually, I recruit um, in Wisconsin. I do a portion of uh, Southeast Michigan, uh, Macomb County. And I also have uh, some uh, area in the East Coast where I work up into uh, uh, New York and I do the uh, into New England. What's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, I guess shoot me an email. I mean, that's, that's the best one. I mean, I, I get a million of them. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. So um, I, this is one thing I'd say, don't get your feelings hurt if I didn't see it right away. Cause I mean, I'll tell you why. Sometimes I look in that thing and there's a thousand emails in there and uh, you know, put, put some kind of header on there that, uh, that says, uh, you know, I heard you on the podcast or something. Maybe that's good so that you can, you can do that. Um, because we get a million emails, as everybody knows. I mean, you got a lot of recruiting services out there as we're talking about recruiting, and I think some of them just provide an opportunity for the uh, for the company to make money. And the players probably not a, a not at the right level to be advertised, and uh, so some of those go by the wayside because there's just too many to look at every day. Well, coach, I certainly appreciate you taking the time and, and talking ball with us here on the podcast and sharing some great ideas. And best of luck to you and the Chippewas in 2021. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot, Keith. It was great being here. That concludes our two-part series with Coach Cummings. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.